Kajula. Unbelievable. <laughs> that was Dalton's exclamation. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That was wow. What a what a win. Um, for those who don't know, we are coming up. We are recording this coming off of a huge, huge five three win for the Oilers over the Preds. How's hey, it going, boys? Whoa. Wait. Hold on. Okay. Couple things. First yeah. thing is. Uh, I am all fueled up on pierogies and um, kubasa, which is the food of the Canadians. So mm-hmm, I'm ready for mm-hmm. the and Good to uh, go, eh? Yeah, I'm good to go, eh? I actually drank some maple syrup to get my, uh, my vocal cords all loosened up as well. <laughs> um, and then I also just want to give a shameless plug for my YouTube channel, Fantiniastic. Um, I post about uh, moving down to Canada or moving down to Florida as a Canadian posted about um, the weird things about Florida and then I've got a, a cast coming up tomorrow about uh, secrets of radio that you always wanted to know about whoa, 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 whoa. no shortage for weird things in Florida yeah yeah that's true Florida is Florida is uh, without a doubt the uh, armpit of the United States <laughs> well First so, off, it, we gotta we gotta stick with a little intro, boys. You know, we gotta have we gotta have structure. From from what I'm told, we gotta have some structure. So, welcome <laughs> everyone, our uh, our loyal loyal fans, to episode three of South of the Blue Line. We got Chris. Hi. We got Dalton. <laughs> and we got, uh, you know, me. We, you know, <laughs> we're we're going. All right, Chris, go. go ahead, buddy. No, I just want to say, um, so uh, the reason I know about that radio stuff is because I was in radio for 15 years. As a matter of fact, for Dalton's friends who are listening, I was on a radio station called 96X for four years. And I also did some work on uh, K-Rock, which is still around. Oh, nice, man. Wow, look at that. I learned something too. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have done nothing of note in my life yet, so... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right about the same point. Once upon a time I played hockey, I was All right. okay. All right, boys. So we have had – there's been a lot of hockey games um, between uh, – well, the Oilers and Jets have played. So there's been three games each. So I thought we'd jump back and forth So and just get a little – our takes on what happened. So first, we start with on um, – looks like this Monday, the Jets had a comeback win over the Blues, 5-4. Chris, how did you feel about that game? Uh, that was a long time ago. I thought we were going to talk about rinks and stuff. But also, you <laughs> cut Dalton off. He wanted to tell us that he played hockey once upon a time. Oh, yes, that's right, Dalton. Dalton played oh. hockey once upon a time. What was your yeah, highest level of play, buddy? I played – I don't know what the equivalent would be for you guys, but for me, it's basically the highest I could play in my community. So, in midget, which would be like uh, 15 to 17-year-olds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like rec or club? It, I, that's like, so it was still like, uh, it wasn't rec hockey. Like there's still full contact stuff like that. It's still competitive hockey, but it wasn't like here in Canada, you can play uh, just for your association or you can go and play for the triple A teams. Or the oh, teams. okay. Yeah. So in Calgary, there's like four main triple A clubs that you can go play for. And that's or how you can... get, and that's how you get drafted into like the, uh, the junior leagues. Yeah, exactly. Like, you'll get drafted. If you go play in the Triple A League and you kill it, you'll get drafted in the WHL and so on. I have a second cousin up in Canada who plays goalie. His name's Easton. He just got drafted, actually. It was oh, either really? the, yeah, he, either, he just got drafted. He's a goalie. He got drafted to 
Um, uh, is it the? I think it's this. I think he got drafted by the Blades, the Saskatoon Blades. Oh, nice. Yeah. 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 All right. So back to, back to the game. So I mean, Chris, we got to talk about the Monday game because uh, that happened within the last week. So I mean, that was a big comeback win right because i remember what looking the blues were winning by two or three goals and you guys actually ended up having a comeback of your own yeah you know i gotta tell you i'm uh i'm drawing a bit of a blank i'm thinking more more i'm thinking more of the leafs and the recent uh red wings games that the jets played um i don't have a, a long memory when it comes to games something over a week <laughs> ago like you know i just expect them to beat the blues anyway so yeah well, that was the game Truba scored an OT. Um, right. I think you guys were down by two, and then Truba had that tap in because the Blues had fled the zone. Right. Yeah, I remember now. It was good. Yeah. Well, that's that really, like, I mean, it really yeah. led to uh, the Blues. They're starting to really look like they're imploding right now. Yeah, I was actually about to say that's a good point. What's going on with the Blues? Uh, second in the, they're second last in the West. Jeez, yeah. Mike Yao was saying, like, that's uh, right. jobs in question and all that kind of stuff. So maybe the first firing of the year won't be the Oilers. Maybe. I hope not. <laughs> hey, I just don't think they can score, really. Like, I don't see a lot of scoring depth on that team. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, so then jump into the Oilers. Uh, the Oilers lost um, 6-5 and OT to the Pens. Um, man. That oh. game. Yeah, Dalton, how are, you, how are you feeling about that game? Sadly, I missed the overtime period because I had to play my own hockey, and I've never been more disappointed about anything in my life. Um, let's just say you missed um, Ryan Strom considering retirement. <laughs> and um, I, I, I actually heard a rumor that they was at Roger's place combing the, uh, the upper, uh, upper seats to find his jock strap. <laughs> Yeah, I watched a quick replay of that, and it just oh man. Well, whenever you're going one on one v Crosby, you better be you better be ready. And uh, Strom definitely wasn't on that one. No, I mean I can't really blame Strom. To be honest, the person I was most uh, frustrated with through that game was Talbot. Talbot had a real had a rough night. He just wasn't. I mean, both goalies obviously let in six and five goals respectively, but yeah. But still, I feel like Murray played a lot better than Talbot, who didn't face a lot of shots. I feel like the Oilers actually controlled most of that game. Yeah, yeah. From what I watched, it was it was like quite a good game Oilers wise, and it was a very exciting game too. Right? Yeah, you know, don't often see six fivers. Well, yeah, I mean, except for if you watch a lot of Oilers hockey or the Flames or the Flames. No kidding. Oh, okay. Can we jump to that nine-one game real quick? Yeah, yeah. Chris, <laughs> did you did you see the uh, Penguins um, just dummy the Flames? Love it. Oh man, it was oh, it was just the mood was just suicidal here in Calgary. It was a beautiful time. Was it? Yeah, that's right. You're in Calgary. What was going on? I bet the, they were losing their minds. Oh, I was having people text me left and right, just like act like they're like talking about stopping watching hockey. Um, like calling for the coach to be fired, Smith to be fired into the sun. It's a <laughs> great time. You should have been walking the streets of downtown Calgary with pamphlets saying McJesus, that say McJesus saved. Be a little missionary. Try and convert. Oh, that is a good idea. Yeah. You know what? I think I got some plans for the next plane. Oh, they're playing right now, aren't they? Oh. <laughs> well, um, I know what I'm doing after the podcast. Yeah, right, right. Okay, so jumping, so b- jumping back to the, uh, the Jets. 
Jets lose um, in a nationally broadcasted game that was made a huge deal of 4-2 to the Leafs. And I watched a bit of that game. They looked um, slow. Chris, how are you feeling? Well, first of all, I can't believe that the uh, duo of Houston and Simpson could actually commentate the game with the Knicks <laughs> in their malls the entire game. Uh, <laughs> I, I cannot stand listening to national broadcasts. Again, Leafs and Jets here tonight. Gonna love yeah. to watch that game because it's gonna be the same group, and I just it makes me sick to my stomach. The Jets. So this is what the Jets. I mean, are suffering from right. Like you saw it against the Oilers. They played real two really solid games or periods. Then the third period, they just took it off and they ended up losing. Um, you know, the opposite happened to them in um, their most recent. Uh, what was the game? I'm sorry, I'm losing uh, track of the next. They played. They played the Wings. The wins. The wings game was was not too bad. Uh, the Leafs game. I want to go back to the Leafs game because that's what we were talking about. So the Leafs game. I thought the Jets played really poorly for two periods. They had no legs, which was surprising. And then the third period, um, they actually started playing their game. They had some some, some success. Um, and I feel like Hellebuck wasn't really on his game that game because uh, if the, you know if the Jets wouldn't have surrendered that fourth goal right after they got close I think they could have came back in that game yeah I thought I thought Bufflin was about to make Mitch Marner a a stain on the ice but Mitch Marner dangled (laughs) turned Bufflin inside out yeah that'll happen from time to time uh Bufflin's pretty you know he's usually actually the last couple years he's been much better defensively but uh he does have his moments I think all all defensemen really do so so are you thinking that the issue with the Jets right now is in their conditioning then? Or, like, what's the, what's the problem going on right now? No, I think it's, you know, I think it's a couple things. I think it's, like, feeling like they might be better than they are or that they don't have to, you know, work as hard as you need to work to win every night in the NHL just because they had so much success last season. But, you know, the funny thing is, is I think about last year at this time and I had the same complaints about the Jets. They were really inconsistent. Um, but – if you look at the Jets, if they beat the Leafs tonight, they'll be tracking for 116 points, which is pretty much where they were last year. And the difference is last year they were winning with an unsustainably high shooting percentage. This year they have actually a low shooting percentage and guys like Ehlers and Liney aren't really scoring. So we're actually in a better spot this year than we were last year. So that's pretty encouraging. Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, we touched on line in last episode and why you feel he's not going. Um, but, I mean, like, Ehlers scored his first goal of the season uh, against the Leafs. And, like, I don't know, he's only, he's got, only got five points. Um, like, what, what do you think is going on with Ehlers? It, it's, all, it's all confidence because if you look at the way that Nikolai Ehlers has played through junior and his first couple seasons with the, with the Jets – He's all about speed and attacking the offensive zone with incredible speed. Um, but he really hasn't been doing that. He's been pretty hesitant carrying the puck. He's been backing off a lot, which if he's not moving his feet, he's not effective, right? Because he doesn't have the size to, you know, really protect the puck and uh, and play like a heavy board game. So he really attack the zone and create his chances off the rush, and he's just not doing that. Okay, so then my last question about it. Do you think, like, Hellebuck is also – I mean, Hellebuck's kind of struggling because they put Brassois in against the, the Leafs. I mean, not the Leafs, the uh, the Wings, and he looked pretty uh, – so do you think they, like, let 
um, Hellebuck kind of ride it out and kind of work through it? Or do you think they start uh, starting Brassois more? No, I think Hellebuck's the guy. I think he'll be fine. I think he's played well. Uh, I think the, Oil- or the Jets haven't played particularly well defensively. So if you look at Hellebuck's stats, they're not bad. You know, yeah. he's just not standing on his head every night. So um, funny that you're talking about goaltending, though. Can you tell me who this player is? Uh, three wins, zero losses, um, a 1.68 goals perc- uh, goals against average, and a 9.57 save percentage. you know who that is? What is Darcy Kemper? No, the answer oh. is uh, Brassois. Yeah, oh. I, was, I was about to go. What is Laurent Brassois? Thank you very much for him. We, we love you guys. Hey, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We're going to get to what we replaced him with. Uh, um, but so now back to the Oilers, um, because we're doing a quick hits. Um, Oilers, after losing what I think they should have won, at least getting a point from the Pens, come back with a statement win against um, the Washington Capitals. That game was just like, I don't want to say the Oilers were dominating them, but man, it was a good game to watch. Um, so one of the Oilers Nation guys on one of their podcasts suggested that we only gave them one power play and they did not score on it. So Washington is actually bad. They just don't, they only have, they have a good power play. Well, I mean, if you're trying to convince me that all of Washington's success is only from the power play, I might disagree with you a bit, but they definitely do shine there. I mean, and honestly, um, we should have won. We should have beat them way better, than, way more than we did for one because Holtby was playing really well. Oh, yeah. He's just lights out, right? Yeah. He's, he's a definitely early Vesna contender. He is every year, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, though I will say after the, um, game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, then he gets his ring and then he pings one off the bar and in on a beauty snipe to give the Oilers the three, one or four, one lead, uh, the three, one lead, um, Alice, the answer, Shiesan. He actually has stepped up in a big way. That I wasn't one. expecting. Yeah. That much from him in the, yeah. uh, like, cause you know, he came in on a PTO, uh, he basically, basically got no minutes at all. And now all of a sudden he's playing on the second line. And I actually kind of love it. Well, I'm saying that second line of Dreisaitl, Reader, and Shason has looked really good. Yeah. I mean, yes. Dreisaitl was kind of having a slow start like we kind of expected he would. Um, and everyone was a little bit worried. And then again, once, I feel like once the, the whole broadcast um, in the Pittsburgh game started comparing Dreisaitl and Malkin, Dreisaitl was like, all right, you want to see it? And he, he, he's really turned it on. These last couple games. Yeah, he just – the problem I have with Dreisaitl is he just – he's just such a creative player, I'll put it, that he uh, makes plays that no one else can see, no one else can read, and yeah. then often they end up going back the other way. Well, I think what, I think what works well is um, they almost uh, – because he's running with Reader and Shason, one, that second line is now not being weighed down by the anchor that is Milan Lucic, no, is now true. we have two – speedy top two lines i mean the mcdavid line is obviously going to be like one of the fastest lines in hockey just because mcdavid um but now we have a fast second line and our bottom two lines can bang and crash yeah exactly and the second line is also very defensively responsible as well yeah that's really what you get when you put chase on up there too it really can bail out dry when he decides that he wants to make a backhand pass between his own legs right. across the ice. And then Shason and Reader are actually quite fast, like I said, and that creates a lot of havoc on the forecheck, which frees up a lot of time and pucks for dry sidle. Yeah, it's looking it's looking nice. It's looking so pretty. so so I mean I mean so that's 
we just we got a point from the Penguins and two points from the Capitals. And then in the same night, like we said, the, the uh, Calgary Flames get dummied by <laughs> the Penguins. So it's looking good. Um, so then last Jets game of the week, um, the Jets beat the uh, bottom of the league, I believe, Red Wings, um, two to one. Uh, Chris. Yeah, actually, I thought the I thought the Wings played really well. Um, first of all, Howard stood on his damn head. The Jets could have had, you know, four or five goals easily. Um, I thought he played really, really well. But I also thought um, Detroit played a really up-tempo game. They obviously don't have a lot of skill in their lineup, but they were pressuring the Jets all over the ice. And, uh, you know, I think that they definitely had their chances. So do you think the score is an accurate representation then or should have been kind of more of a blowout? Um, I don't think it would have been, it should have been a blowout because I do believe that the Wings played decently for who they are. But I do think that the game should have been, you know, the final score should have been more in the Jets' favor for sure. Like maybe like a 4-1 sort of win? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, I actually caught a bit of that game as well. Um, uh, I will say that, like you said, the Wings have been looking good. I think that's what – I think the Wings are going to be bad this year, but I don't think they're going to be bad as in the sense of, like, like they'll probably finish in the bottom – like, bottom five. But, I like, they're still going to be that team that is just kind of feisty to play against. They just maybe don't have the talent to kind of win them games. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to take a couple years for Detroit, right? They're, yeah. they're finally – they've dismantled their dynasty right there. They're not quite. They're not going to be quite pull it, uh, You know, hitting up with the big guys yet. Yeah. Um. So then, jumping to the game that just finished, that I feel like that we all watched. Is that correct? We all watched it. Absolutely. We watched the Oilers win and beat the Predators, who had I would say just outplayed them. Yeah. Um. Into a three nothing loss the week before, and we come in and win five three. Yeah. And this was a throwaway game, too. Like, uh, they started Koskinen, the backup goalie, right? Yeah. Uh, they also put a pairing of uh, Garrison and Benning out there. Which, which is, cool. oh, no. Oh, baby, don't stop. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought Garrison looked terrible, but anyways. Well, yeah, I, like, at for... one point, we had Benning and Garrison on the back end of the power play with the second unit. And I was like, are we asking them to score a shorthanded goal on us? Uh, no kid, and then Benning takes a penalty on that as well. <laughs> in the middle of our power play. Yeah, and so I don't know what they're trying to do there. I, um, I don't. How did you Garrison feel about the ice. How did you feel about Koskinen though? You know, he wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I, I will say, I don't. I mean, the three goals they scored on him, I don't think they were really his fault. Um, I didn't see, I actually didn't see the first goal, but the second goal, um, Clefbaum and McDavid kind of followed the same man. And then Johansson just kind of fed it back to the slot and Philip Forsberg from five feet away isn't going to stop it. And then the, the, the third one, Forsberg's hat trick was just a snipe. I mean, well, the first one was the same way. It was a power play. I believe it was a cross crease or a cross ice pass to him. One teed it. Oh, yeah. side, not a chance for Koskinen. Though I will say Koskinen, I mean, Koskinen, you can obviously tell he relies a lot on positioning and just using how big he is. Um, like there was a save at the end when they had their empty net pulled where it kind of came across and Koskinen was way out of position. He just reached back and kind of it just hit his glove. Yeah. He reminds me a lot of Bishop, actually. I mean, but, like, I didn't mind him. I don't think he played horribly. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm a little biased. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I didn't really – yeah, no, I don't think there's any of those goals where I went, that was a bad goal. So that's what you want your backup to do, right? You want him to stop what he has to stop, and and uh, I think he did that. So right. um, You're not going to rely on your backup to steal you any games, right? You just want him to – no yeah, Bashra's little renaissance. We can't talk about that. That makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and I've been yelling to fire Kajula into the sun, but I mean, he played that. He played a pretty good game. Yeah, he, he definitely wasn't bad. Though, missing the empty netter. You ever want to see. <laughs> yeah. His, the first goal and the last goal of the game were just ugly as hell. I don't know how he started, scored either of them. Misses the empty net. First guy to get it back off the back of the boards, and then he scores. Hey, <laughs> but he put it bar down on the second chance. <laughs> You're buddy. You're charmed. Yeah, I, I thought he was going to miss the empty netter again. That would be funny. And actually, we didn't talk about against the Capitals. Evan Bouchard scores his first NHL goal. Yeah, it was a bit of a snipe, too. It was a bit of a snipe. The half clapper, the Bouch bomb. Oh, you think he's slotting in tomorrow? I, I don't know. How Do you think they send him down? What do you think that happens? Oh, Man, <laughs> oh. you think he's going down, Chris? Yeah, I, with with a uh, with a uh, junior eligible eligible player, you're not going to burn a year of his ELC unless he's like a no brainer. Um, oh. the, the Oilers have often mismanaged their young their young talent, and that would be a mismanagement as far as I I'm concerned. Yeah, well, I mean, they burned a year of Pula Jarvis, but I guess he wasn't CHL eligible. He would have gone back to Finland for his, so it's a little different. Um, actually, on that note, what do we what do we think? Because Twitter melted down as it normally does. Um, Puljujarvi being scratched two games in a row now. Um, what do you think they're doing with him? Well. I think they just don't really know what to do with him. He is starting to remind me of Yakupov more and more and more every game. Like, oh, I can God. See him, I know. I can see him making strides out there, but there's just no faith in the coaching at all. Yeah. And it, I can't help but think that it's a little bit justified. Like, he just doesn't look at home out there on the ice. I mean, and that, until he does. Yeah. Like, like the, the third period. Great plays. The third period against the Jets. Looked fantastic. Yeah. And it's just, I think Chase on kind of stole his spot there a bit as well. And yeah. I'm fine with him riding Chase on as long as he's hot, but I just, where do you put Pulajarvi right now? Yeah, it's true. Spot, I guess. I mean, Chris, you've been watching the Oilers do this for a while as well. I mean, what do you think they're going to do with him? They should go back in time and send him back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You got to make you gotta be careful. You got to make the right decisions on these players. Like you can't, unless they're gonna, they're busting down the door, because you know that once the games get harder, if they're just, if their baseline is hanging on by a thread at the beginning of the year, then once the games get harder and faster, where are they going to be? They're not going to be competing, that's for sure. And then if you know they're not, you know, if they're not going down to the minors, then they're stuck on the bench and not they're not getting better. Right. So it's it's just a waste of an asset. Yeah, but. For a little bit of a positive spin instead, uh, I really liked how Yamamoto's been looking recently. Yamamoto has looked at home on that top line. Yeah, so here's um, a good question. What so happens that, when Raddy comes back? What happens when Raddy comes back? <laughs> um, that's a, I honestly, here's what I think. I think they, they move Yamamoto down for a little bit. They kind of pump um, Raddy's numbers a bit. 
and then we 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 trade him. <laughs> Pump and dump, eh? I I think so. I think you send him to a team that's looking for maybe scoring help. Um, maybe for um, like. I mean, you probably won't get any – maybe just picks. Honestly, just dump them for some picks. Start – like, like you got to think because that's what the good teams do. They, they, they make players till they want – they make good players till they take, want too much money, and then they dump them for picks and just start over with young players. Yeah, and uh, Raddy is an RFA at the end of this year, so it's very yeah. possible they're going to play with McDavid the entire year long. And try and deal him at the draft or something like that. Yeah, because Yamamoto, honestly, Yamamoto's look super defensively sound as well. Oh man, he just he just so tenacious on that puck. Yeah, he can he just is. get it, can create turnovers all over the place. Yeah, yeah. Well, all right. Well, me and you have been just absolutely stroking each other off, listening <laughs> about about the Oilers. But uh, tonight, uh, it wasn't McDavid this time. It wasn't McDavid that. That is true. So tonight, though is a rematch between the Jets and Leafs. And this game is in Toronto, correct, Chris? It is. Uh, how are you feeling? Are you feeling confident going in? No. No. <laughs> so what do you... No, what do you... The Jets, they're just, not, they're just not playing consistently enough for me to feel confident no matter who they play. Because I don't know what they're, what, they're going to do. Like, I don't know what team's going to come out, right? So you got to... If they come up flat and they get down a goal or two, then you're chasing the game, and you're chasing a game against a team that exploits defensive lapses. So if you're pushing the game, you're going to, you're going to create more defensive lapses for yourself, and you got guys like Matthews uh, out there who are going to exploit that. So uh, I just I don't feel confident right now. So do you have maybe a, you got a score for tick, uh, prediction for tonight? Yeah, three one Jets. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, you can't bet against your own team. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I didn't say I was going to sell them out. I just said. You know, um, not- who are they? Are they starting uh, Hellebuck tonight? Oh yeah, they'll start Hellebuck, no doubt. All right. Well, I hope you're right because he's in my fantasy pool. <laughs> and actually, I am playing Dalton this week, and I need a big win against him. Yeah, you bet you are. <laughs> it's close to right him. now, too. It's close. Yeah. I think. The- I think the team will come out um, like gangbusters. I don't believe the Jets have ever beaten um, uh, Markstrom. So, you know, that's not good news for us. I don't know who they're starting, but it's going to be Markstrom. I'm almost 100% sure. You mean Anderson? Oh, Anderson. Sorry. One of those fucking European goalies. (laughs) (laughs) I'm uh, I'm catching a little bit of uh, European bias. No, I'm just, I'm just trying to be the Don Cherry of the group. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I like your It's fine. Yeah. So three one. I mean, hell, Chris, half the offense is supposed to be being carried by Europeans on the Jets. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right. Well, Europeans the entire their entire existence, both 1.0 and 2.0. So. Some of my most beloved team, uh, players of all time are Europeans. Numenin, Olsen, Steen, Line, Ehlers, all Europeans. Solani? Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. The shining example. The shining yeah. example. So, Chris, actually, on that note, were you, I mean, were you alive when Solani scored his 76 goals as a rookie? Why don't you shut the fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> That's alive. So, so, so you witnessed it. Yes, I, yes, I witnessed it. Yes. So, uh, so, all right. So, <laughs> I'll drive to Edmonton 
and beat the crap out of you, Dalton. <laughs> so, so looking back on that, how how hyped were you watching that watching that that seventy six goal campaign from a rookie? Well, so I'm not gonna, I won't go on and on about this because I would bore you guys. But I used to feel a lot differently about the NHL when I was a kid. Uh, I it was magical to me. I used to draw pictures of all the teams, and I used to write out the schedule for the Jets. And you know, if they won this game, where they would be in the standings. Like I spent hours on this stuff uh once the jets lost the first time i kind of lost a lot of my shine for it so you know when when slatty did what he did he brought the jets into the national forefront of 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 the nhl for the very first time um and that was really amazing for a, a young kid who was just such a passionate fan for the jets so it was a magical time i don't think there's anything's ever matched that for me yeah so basically what me and Dalton do about McDavid. <laughs> Pretty much. He <laughs> actually did something. Oh! <laughs> we felt that one. Couldn't save the team from relocating, though. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Uh, oh. That is true. That's very true. Yikes. Shots are fired. I felt yeah. bad even saying that. All right, all right. Bye. Before... I gotta bring this. I got. I gotta call. We gotta switch. We gotta switch segments before uh, before the band breaks up. <laughs> so now we're gonna be moving to our, our uh, league review. Um, so first off, Halloween is coming up. Um, have you guys? Uh, I Dalton probably has, but Chris, have you? Did you see Connor McDavid's Halloween costume? <laughs> no. So. If you got a computer in front of you, Google Connor McDavid Halloween costume. Connor McDavid put a pillow under a shirt, wore a bald cap, and painted himself entirely yellow and went as Homer Simpson. <laughs> it is a wonderful costume. It is, and... it is a masterpiece. Uh, so do you think, Dalton, better or worse than when he went as Trump? Whoa. I mean, the Trump one was a little more politically charged. Do we get some more points just because of that? But then again, Homer Simpson's just iconic. So you know what? I'm giving it to the Homer Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're right. Just because, one, the Homer Simpson costume is a little bit more extreme. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also, like, the complete opposite of McDavid. <laughs> but well, you, you never know. know. Maybe he spends all of his time off just drinking beer in front of the TV. That's true. That's true. But but you know that his girlfriend was the one that suggested that. Connor McDavid wasn't sitting at home being like, you know what I want to do? I want to go as Homer Simpson. <laughs> Are you kidding? I can totally see McDavid thinking that. Do you think absolutely. McDavid's actually like one of the biggest trolls? Oh, absolutely. Every chance he gets, I bet he's just well. He's got to be like such a perfect person all the time. So, I mean, if I was him, I'd be like, I mean, every chance I could, I'd be messing with somebody, no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so then on to something else. Um, the Wilson suspension, we've been, we've talked about it, I think on, uh, at least I know at least one episode. I don't know if we've done it on both episodes so far, but, uh, Tom Wilson had a suspension, um, with an arbitrator, uh, which was Gary Bettman and Gary Bettman upheld the 20 games. Mm-hmm. He is going to a neutral arbitrator now. Yes. I saw that. Chris, uh, what do you think about Bettman upholding the 20 games? Well, if you'll remember last called that so <laughs> yeah you you did um yeah. which i'm not happy about i'm not i'm not over i'm not 
too excited that he did that. Well, I mean, well, I can see why he did. It's, but I, I, I was wrong. Last week, I thought it was going to a neutral arbitrator already. I didn't realize it was actually going to Gary Bettman first. Uh, so that kind of changes what I was saying. I still think that the suspension is going to be reduced by the neutral arbitrator by probably five games or something like that. Uh, but also, I don't get why it needs to go to Gary Bettman first. It's kind of like you got like detention from your teacher or something like that. And then instead of serving your detention, you just go march down to the principal and say, hey, I got detention. I don't want it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm not too sure what's going on here for that. So, uh, Chris, do you think the independent arbitrator will lower it? Probably. You think so? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Dalton, what do you think? You think it's also being lowered? Yeah, I'm going to say four games he's going to reduce it by. So you think it's going to be going down to 16? Yeah, 16. One less than uh, what's-his-face got? Uh, um, Watson, Austin Watson. Yeah. One less than Watson. Yep. Um, so then uh, I know, Chris, you wanted to talk about the uh, uh, something near and dear to your heart, Joel Armia. <laughs> I love Joel Armia. He's a good player. I'm actually surprised you oh, let him go. Well, the problem is we have a lot of guys in our organization that the team needs to make decisions on. A lot of guys that, you know, are non-waiver eligible. Um, you know, obviously we just put Dano on waivers. He got picked up. Um, you know, uh, Nick Patan, who was in camp, and he's another guy who's, like, right on the edge of, like, either going to Europe or being picked up by another team. And then, of course, his, unfortunately, his dad died in training camp so that delayed everything for a while so i just think the jets looking organizationally there they couldn't you know they couldn't hang on to all these kind of tweeners who are trying to break into the nhl so um you know we we got rid of um for leak too we let for leak go um although you know i love uh for leak uh we lived without him you know we did what we made it hey we made it to the conference finals last year at under 14 points so i think any player is kind of replaceable but i will uh, i want to thank joel armia for um his work in the game uh, i think it was the last night or the night before last um when the halves were tied at uh, i think it was at three with the sabers uh with about a minute and a half left in the third he took a penalty and the sabers scored and won the game so thank you very much joel <laughs> i i I hate the apps. Okay, I couldn't. I was legitimately confused whether that was sarcasm or not. I'm like, is he a huge Buffalo fan? Is he a huge Habs fan? I can't tell. No, no, he's <laughs> just a, he's a fan of uh, Joel Armia playing for the Habs and uh, letting the Habs lose. <laughs> Correct. Uh, Correct. So uh, here's a funny story. So I've always hated the Habs because when I was growing up, all my friends were Habs fans, and the Habs were great, and the Jets sucked. So they always used to rub it in, and they were dicks. So I've got my best friend right now is a Habs fan. Uh, and he was telling me the other day that he thought the Habs were going to be top 10 in the NHL this year. They're playing so well. And I was like, are you high? <laughs> um, so when this happened, I was like, uh, what do you think about Joel Armia? And he actually hasn't talked to me since. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> I mean, first off, he probably was high. Um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah. is it, did it? You get legalized in all of Canada, Canada, including Quebec. Oh, you Canada. Bet. yeah, Canada. Yeah, it is Canada now. Everywhere. 
Yeah. Laws are a little more restrictive in Quebec, but yeah, pretty much everywhere. They're pulling the maple leaf off the flag and switching it out with a pot leaf. <laughs> Absolutely. We're flying uh, it over every house. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so then, all right, so here's actually a story I read. I, I haven't run it, guys, by you, but... Um, Oh, something uh, new. Something new. Um, you guys remember Scott Foster last year? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yep, yes. The accountant turned backup goalie turned starter. Who, uh, oh, yeah, it was against the Jets. So, of course, uh, Chris remembers it. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, so, store, uh, Scott Foster has um, become the – he is now practicing with the Chicago Blackhawks. Really? Yep. He he oh, is yeah. now um wow. he is now practice he is at every optional skate at, at um when they practice at home, so they always have two goalies. Does this man not have a job? And he still is an accountant by day, or I guess. But I mean, honestly, if I'm an accountant, I walk into my bo- my boss's office and say, I'm uh, gonna be um helping the Chicago Blackhawks practice. So um, how about you let me off? <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you can work that out, he's got a pretty cool boss then. Yeah, I guess. Jeez. That, so, that's awesome. I would quit my job if they said no to me. <laughs> you quit it for the unpaid uh, uh, practice with the Blackhawks? Are you sure it's unpaid? Uh, that's actually true. It, it might yeah. not be unpaid. Though, to apparently, be honest, I do, I'd do I it for free. Unpaid. Yeah, apparently emergency backup yeah, goalies do get paid as well. Like, they, even if they don't get played yeah. in the game, they still get paid on, like, a yearly basis. Damn, I should have learned how to play goalie better. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking, man. Or, or hockey in general. Oh. <laughs> Chris is just, he's having, Chris has flashbacks every time he sees me handle the puck in the defensive zone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So, so do you think it's uh like you think it's neat? Or do you think we'll see Foster maybe get into any more NHL games? Or do you think uh, he's had his moment and now they're just kind of keeping him around? Well, he seems like a great like guy in the dressing room kind of thing. He's quite a funny dude as well. So I yeah, yeah. Him, like a lot of the Blackhawks players like him. So I well, think yeah. Is, like, so there yeah. was Jonathan Taze in the article was talking about how he they love having him in the locker room. So you think it's just kind of adding more uh, chemistry, trying to kind of gel the teams back together. Well, I mean, the Blackhawks aren't really expected to be too much this year. So if this helps them out, like, I'm like, man, I would do it. Absolutely. Uh, Chris, you think he's uh, done in the NHL or do you think it's going to help? What do you think about him? Well, every so pretty much every NHL team has a guy close to them, whether he's a college player or just somebody associated with the team who's a goalie who they can use as an emergency replacement because – NHL teams only carry two goalies. Um, and, you know, for for the Jets, they've got the Moose here in town. So um, it's no big deal to call somebody up in a second to play. But for most teams, their, their um, uh, farm team is like hundreds and thousands of miles away. So they need to have somebody that can just do an emergency call up on and have sit on the bench. So, no, I think he'll, I think he'll still play that role. And then if, if it happens again, they – probably feel a lot more confident about putting him on the ice, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, looking around the league at the standings, uh, the Lightning are on top of the Atlantic at 7-1-1. One, one. Um, <laughs> no surprise there. Lightning are dominant again. Wow, yeah, shocker. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Though, I don't know if you saw last game, uh, last night, the 
Lightning played and beat the um, Golden Knights, but Hedman got leveled by Ryan Reeves and left the game hurt. Yeah. Is there any update on that? Is yes. He, is he out for a while? or it, He left the game. He didn't come back. Oh, dear. So I, it might be. I mean, that, if you go and watch the hit, like Hedman's, a, Hedman's like 6'6", and Reeves like made him go completely horizontal, like parallel to the ice. Jeez. Yeah, Hedman's, Hedman's gigantic. I was at the open skate. He's a big guy. He towers over everybody. So you think, I mean, that's obviously that's their best defenseman out, but do you think it'll like make him struggle any if he misses any significant time? Well, I think, I don't think they'll actually, we'll miss him for sure, but the Lightning are just so deep in every position. Like, uh, I imagine that they're, they're going to, they're going to still be a dominant team, even without Victor Hedman there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. They're just so solid, right? There's, yeah. I mean, man, Sergeyev just, uh, yeah, holy. Then on top of the the Metro is the Hurricanes at six three and one. <laughs> Naturally, um, and then I don't know if you've seen any more kind of a building story. We talked about their uh, their game when they win games at home, their celebration. I don't know if they won uh, last night. Did either of you guys see their celebration this time? Did they celebrate this time? They did. They did. Oh. They did their. They did their Viking clap at center ice, and then they did like a bag skate. And instead of jumping into the boards, they turned around and all slid on the ice on their butts and pretend to row like a kayak. Oh my god! <laughs> okay. I mean, and then and then Dougie Hamilton was one of the three stars. He skates out onto the ice without a stick and then proceeds to floss. You I see him floss. So yeah. I mean, yeah. How did you feel about that, Chris? Uh, do you know what the term "jump the shark" means? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that one. They just jumped oh, the shark. Oh no! <laughs> but, I'm sorry. That was that was too much. I looked at it. I was like, "Come on!" So you, hurricanes are gonna slide. Well, I don't know if they're gonna keep. I mean, they're they're. I don't think their winning is sustainable. If we're talking about their performance on the ice, I don't think this is gonna last. But this this ridiculous celebration stuff is – I mean, they're going to keep doing it, and their fans will love it, but it's just going to keep getting stupider and yeah, stupider. And it'll I, be the kind of thing that only their fans love. Like, the rest of the league is going to look at it and be like, really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was uh, – though, I will say, so I, I don't think the uh, Hurricanes will continue to be as good as they are. I mean, unless their goaltending gets better. But if you look at their advanced stats, which I know some people are a little iffy on, depending, especially, I mean, Chris doesn't like the advanced stats as much. But the, the uh, Hurricane best, um, like, shots for, shots against metric in the league, they're averaging almost 40 shots a game and only allowing, like, 20, like under 25. So, here, let me clarify. So... I am not against advanced stats. I think the more different ways we can measure the game, I think the better. My issue comes with the fancy stats community, taking stats, manipulating them to tell a story they want to tell them, and then making other people uh, feel stupid for not just agreeing with what they have to say. So let's take this for an example. You're talking about their shot metrics for and against. Well, that's fine and dandy, but here's the thing. If they allow, like, let's say team A allows 30 shots, right? And they're uh, 30 perimeter shots. They're doing. Oh, oh man. Well, that's what he gets for going against the fancy stats. Yeah, exactly. The fancy stats community, they hacked yeah. him. They bugged him. But, they sent him out of there. 
Yeah, I'll pick up where he was argument. I can see where he's going with it. Like, uh, if there's 30 perimeter shots versus 10 shots in the slot, right? The high danger scoring chances yeah. versus the perimeter shots. And I can see he's got a point there, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, I agree. Like, honestly, like, I, I, I love the fancy stats. I think that's all really cool. Like, I love Corsi and shot suppression and all that. Like, I think, I think all that stuff. I, haven't really, I don't really understand Fenwick, but, I mean, who really does? Um, <laughs> I've been looking at it. And so, I agree. Like, I love the fancy stats, but, like, I also really understand there is a huge part of hockey that is, that is confidence. And, and, honestly, people hate it and laugh at it. And it's a bit of a meme now. But there's a huge part of grit in a lineup. So, yeah. so I, I understand where, where Chris, where you were going with that before you, uh, you died. <laughs> At what point? I think, I think anchor knows what I'm going on a tangent and just cuts me off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It just says no. Nah. Yeah. 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 But what, like, what did you hear? You got to like uh, perimeter shots. And then I'm assuming you were going for the high danger scoring chances versus the low danger scoring chances and quality of shots and stuff like that. Exactly. Like, you know, some teams, their actual strategy is to allow perimeter shots. They convince the teams that the only way they're going to get a shot is from the perimeter. And that is actually more advantageous defensively for that team. It really depends on the team's strategy, right? So I think that we need to, like, look at advanced stats, but then we need to look at them holistically. And when, you, when you're talking about grit and when you're talking about, like, psychology of the game you're looking at like the way the team responds to one another there's so many emotional inputs into hockey there's fear there's confidence um to me when you're looking at data sets and when you're looking at fancy stats some of these guys get so laser focused on that stuff that they forget that there is a huge human element to the game of hockey and it's probably more than pretty much any other sport so that's why I'm really apprehensive about about advanced stats, using them um, so much, relying on them too heavily. Well, yeah, they're a tool, right? Like uh, like anything else, like you're not going to trust your scout's opinion 100%, just like you're not going to trust uh, their coursey 100% or something like that. Like you just got to – it's all – you got to piece it all together, right? You, can't you also, also got to watch the games. You can't not watch the games and then look at the statistics and be like, I know what happened in the game. Yeah, absolutely. right. Right, and a lot of a lot of um, a lot of uh, fancy stats guys who, by the way, a lot of them make money off of it. So of course they're gonna they're gonna support it and and promote it. They'll uh, they they say something like uh, they'll talk about about uh, the eye test and about bias and stuff like that, confirmation bias, saying that people once they believe something about a player or a team, that every event that happens is either gonna, is going to reinforce that belief. Um, and I do believe that that happens to everybody. We, we all get biased, right? We're, you guys are biased, obviously, probably against like, you know, Benning uh, and Garrison. And there's a reason for that. They, they suck, but they don't <laughs> like every single play they make on the ice doesn't suck, right? Sometimes they might make a good play that doesn't turn out well. Bias may influence you to believe that it was a bad play when it was actually a good play. That's where bias comes in. But anybody who's like, anybody who's, uh, uh, you know, got enough experience watching the game to understand it can understand when something is a bias and when something is real. That's the way I feel about it. Yeah. I think, I think we all agree for the most part. sounds like. Oh, well, we're all within a degree of each other. So. Yeah. 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 So then moving on to the Western conference, uh, the central division top of the standings are the uh, just uh, coming off a of fresh stinging loss to the Oilers, Nashville predators at eight, three and O. Oh. Nashville is still a really good team. They didn't really look like it today, but I mean, 
they killed the Oilers last game. Um, they... So, so then my question about Nashville to you guys is: um, UC Soros has been their starter since uh, Pecorine got taken out um, by his own teammate in the, I believe it was the Canucks game or the Flames, oh, Flames game. game. The Flames game, yeah, before the Oilers. So, and um, I mean, Soros obviously looked really good in that first game against Edmonton when he shut him out. But since then, um, I think the Preds have lost two in a row now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Do you, do you think they'll struggle with Rene out? Those idiotic fans in Nashville still like saying you every time that he made a stake. Let him four goals, guys. Give it up. It's that being that said, good. yeah, even though he didn't have a good game to me, I feel that Pekka Rene is one of the most overrated players in the NHL. Ooh. Um, hot take. I know it's not hot take time, and that's like – that's not a hot take. That's just how I feel. Because Nashville's defense is so good and so good at defend or preventing those high like uh, high danger scoring chances, so good at shutting down the other team's stars that he just benefits it from it. So I think UC Saros will be totally fine in his spot as long as Nashville's defense continues to perform. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that uh, first of all, I think Rene was the reason that the um, Nashville Predators lost to the Jets last season in the playoffs. Um, I don't think he was nearly as good as Hellebuck. Can't believe he won the the um, Vezina last year. Yeah, I thought Vasilevsky should have won it. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, and then secondly, I don't actually think the Preds played poorly today at all. Uh, I think the Oilers played really well. They executed. Oh, still, my beating heart. <laughs> they made really quick decisions. Um, they made the right decisions. They put pressure on the Predators the entire game. Um, they they did a great job. I thought they played a great game. So I wouldn't take away too much and say that the Predators played poorly. I, not at all. Yeah, fair, yeah. I mean, I I definitely think um, from the what I caught of the. Uh, of the Oilers Preds games, I we we talked about it. I mean, the Oilers have played, um, even though like I think bad goaltending and Sidney Crosby lost in the Pittsburgh game. The Oilers have been playing solid hockey the last mm-hmm. three games, and not against bottom teams either. They've been playing the Penguins, Stanley Cup champions, Capitals, the Nashville Predators. They've been playing good hockey. Hey, 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 hey. This is Predators time. This is an Oilers time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, moving on to the uh, Pacific Division. Um, at the top is the Sharks, but actually they have they have uh, one more game games played than the Oilers. Uh, so kind of tied for first actually is the Sharks at five three and two. Um, the Canucks barf at six five and zero, oh, and the Oilers at five three and one. Um, the, the honestly, and the Pacific Division just itself has not looked good. The Oilers are the are one of two teams in the Pacific Division with a winning rec with a like a winning record. Um, not a winning record, but like that have had uh wins. Like the Oilers have won two in a row, and the only other team that's done that uh this week are the Coyotes who have won two in a row. Um, so I mean, I, what do you think about the log jam that is just the Pacific Division? Oh. What a garbage. Yeah, it's, I don't even know what to say about this division. It's just, it's a mess. I think it's good for the Oilers, though, because I think the Oilers are starting to sort their shit out. Um, And I think that the, obviously, the amount of times they play crap like the Canucks and the Flames is going to really benefit them. And I think, you know, obviously, and the Coyotes as well, because, you know, I think 
Coyotes winning is more luck than anything. But, you know, obviously the Sharks, the Sharks, and I think Colorado is legitimately a decent team. Well, Colorado's in the Metro. Of course, they're, they're, they're in the Central. Central. The Central. Central. Central, yeah. Central. I always get confused because they're over your side a little bit. Yeah, yeah they, they are. To, I think they used to be in the same division way back. I don't know. Yeah. I think the, the Wings were in the West for a while. Yeah, right. Yeah. And we were in the – the Jets were in the East. That one out. Yeah. Um, then – all right, so then starting in the Pacific, at the bottom of the Pacific, and there has been some major problems going on. The LA Kings at 2-7-1, and one, and after their last loss, the GM went into the locker room. They had a closed room meeting. Uh, what is going on in LA? Well, that's after they had a players-only meeting, too, a couple losses ago. That's right. <laughs> I will trade Jacob Trubo right now for Drew Doughty. One for one. <laughs> one for one. Why not? I, I he's obviously think... a better player, but Truba's younger, and uh, he goes out because that's an insane trade. He hurt. Yeah, I mean, Anchor is like, get him out of here. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Dalton, what do you attribute to the um, just the absolute implosion of the LA Kings this early in the season? Well, it's, the thing is, they've had these issues for a couple of years now, where their team it's getting older every year. Their players are getting worse. They're starting to decline. And especially with their loss of their resurgent Dustin Brown so far, the Kings just, they haven't done anything to replace the old talent that they already had leaving. Like, they brought in Kovalchuk, I'll give you that. But But again, old talent. Yeah, he's not going to be the guy for that many years. He might be okay this year, maybe next year. But they've done nothing to address the issue that their talent's degrading, and they got nothing coming in. And, I mean, Jonathan Quick can only play so well. Yeah. Another player I think their, is really overrated. Their window is closed. They need they need to they need to realize that they need to to sell off some assets and start building again. Yeah, I, I agree. They're 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 done. Like yeah. they're trending downwards in a division that a lot of teams are trending upwards. And I feel like they almost like with the signing of like they they re-signed Dowdy right, mm-hmm. um, and then they signed Kovalchuk. They just like refuse to admit to themselves that it might be time to start maybe looking to trade quick. Or, get, I mean, I don't think they're going to – I mean, obviously, by re-signing Dowdy, I doubt they will they will trade him. But, like, maybe look to trade Jeff Carter. Um, maybe, honestly, maybe even Kopitar. Well, I mean, like, crazier things have happened. Just look at the Subban trade, right? So, yeah, it's true. But They yeah. could unload right now and really, and really get some good picks. You know, finish low this year um, and really start the rebuild, like, right away. That's what yeah. they should do. They're going to hold on for a couple of years. They're going to lose guys to free agency, and they're going to just slow the whole the whole process down when they could just be stockpiling picks and prospects. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, bottom of the central, uh, the Blues at two, four, and three. <laughs> um, I think we all kind of know the reason for this: um, goaltending, goaltending, lack of depth scoring, it's defense. Bomeister is just not the same player he was before. He yeah. just looked like an anchor out there. Yeah, he has. The game before the Jets game, and then he came in and played, and he just looked just old and slow. Yeah. Which is really sad because Bomeister has been an unbelievable player. Oh, for a lot of years, too. I mean, he was a lock for Team Canada roster every time. Yeah, you know, sometimes got old, got slow. He's just not the same guy. Yeah, it happens. Um, all right, moving on to the Metro. 
um, is the Rangers at 3-6-1. They're actually not doing terribly, but, I mean, like we said, the man- we've talked about the Rangers a bit. Management kind of put out that note, letting them know they're all going to be bad. Um, they traded away McDonough. I mean, no surprise, boys. Yeah, no. I mean, King Henrik will try and keep him in as long as they can, but no, they're 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 bottom five lock already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then last, uh, so I'm actually going to talk about two teams um, in the Atlantic. Uh, the Wings are obviously at the bottom at one seven and two. Um, <laughs> we've talked about them at length. Uh, missing talent. Um, Bad contracts, rebuild, it happens. But the team I really wanted to focus on um, is at second last is the Panthers at two, four, and three. What is going on in Miami? (laughs) I mean, I got, I don't don't want a a ton of Panthers games, but I'm imagining it's probably goaltending. Yeah, I I mean I actually I watch a, a couple Panthers games. I actually I don't know why. I have a I like the Panthers. Like I they're one of my teams that I just kind of always keep an eye on. I like I think Barkov is unreal. Oh, yeah. Um I like Huberto a lot. I think he's a little bit underrated, but he is a bit inconsistent. Um Luongo got hurt in the first game of the season and Reimer and Hutchinson have come in and just oof, oof. They have they have just shit the bed. Hutchinson. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it's never good when relying on a thirty-eight. I want to say year old goaltender to drag you to the playoffs. Yeah, Luongo. <laughs> yeah, Luongo is getting up there in age, and Reimer is no Reimer's no spring chicken either. And I don't think Hutchinson. I mean, Chris. I mean, you were the last guys to have Hutchinson. How old is Hutchinson now? Any idea? He's pretty young. He's. I think he's twenty. I want to say twenty-six. Okay, twenty-five but, or twenty-six. Yeah. But he's not. He's not going to be their starter anytime soon you don't think he's one of those guys who played well for part of one season and he's been kind of resting on that that history you know um yeah you know the first jets goalie uh made a career out of that andre pavlik he the career 906 goaltender he played like out of his mind for about four months in one season the Jets gave him like a six-year, three-point-five per contract, and he just like, you know, drank beer and enjoyed his the ride the, the entire rest of the way. He went back to being a nine-zero-six goaltender. Yeah, yeah. He cast his checks and showed up for work, and that was about it. Yeah, that, and I feel like the Panthers every year, kind of the last couple of years, you the Panthers make some good moves over the summer, and you look at their team on paper before the season starts. And you're like, dang, the Panthers, it might be the Panthers' year. And then they, they just don't. Like, they added, they, they added Mike Hoffman to that already, I thought, was going to be pretty good offense. I thought the goaltending wouldn't be this bad. And, and they just, I don't know, they're just, the Panthers are, are a conundrum as well. Yeah. Well, I've, I've got some ideas about it. I think part of it's the fact that they're in Miami. I mean, first of all, Miami's a gorgeous place to go and be in the beach and the weather's great and there's lots of clubs to go to and a lot of fun. So it's obviously really destruct, uh, distracting for the players. That was a problem with the Kings organization for many, many years. They brought in the wrong players and it was just basically a playing vacation for them. Uh, and then they, they don't have a fan base either. Um, you know, you can often look at the games and, and a lot of the lower bowl is like half empty. Um, probably kind of hard to get too excited about playing hockey in that environment i would say 
Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I mean I agree. Um, there, if you look at if you watch when you watch their home games, they're empty. Um, yeah. Well, the, when you only sell out tickets when you're playing the Oilers or another snowbird team, you yeah. know you have some issues, right? Yeah. The only honestly, the only times when they're half full are when they play one of the Canadian teams and all the snowbirds go to the games, or when they do their rat night. I don't really know what the tradition is, but they throw they they throw rats on the ice. <laughs> have you heard about how this tradition started? I have not, so I would be more than uh, welcome to have you educate me. All right, so during a playoff run, I want to say in one of their very first few seasons, uh, they had a rat run in front of their team captain who took a clapper and drilled the rat into a wall, killing it, leading to the fans starting to throw fake rats onto the ice. Right, no, <laughs> no way. That's <laughs> right, Whitney. Ryan, was it Ryan Whitney? Yes, oh, it was. Oh my beautiful. Unbelievable. I bet PETA was not too happy about that. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's totally a hockey player thing to do. Because I can bet that it ran in front of Whitney. Whitney probably squealed like a little girl and someone was laughing at him and he got mad. He's just like, oh yeah, well, I'll show that rat. And then he just winds <laughs> up and shoots it down. Hopefully went Bardowski. Hopefully went Bardowski. Um, okay, so now we're going to... I'm going to do something a little bit different. Um, I'm going to do a quiz between the two of you. Um, oh, God. So don't look. Don't look. This is on current standings. Um, who is the NHL point leader as of right now? Oh, I knew this. Uh, is it? It's somebody stupid. I don't know. I, I actually have no clue. I'm going to go with Austin Matthews, but I feel like I'm wrong. All right, you got Austin Matthews, Chris. What okay, do you think? I got it. How do you got it? Do you look it up? No, I don't. Like got it with I don't even have my computer in front of me now. Me neither. Dalton thinks uh, Austin Matthews. Chris, what do you think? You know what? I it's it's somebody you wouldn't expect, and I can't. I know I heard it, but I can't remember. So I'm just gonna say I don't know. All right. Um, well, Chris definitely got it wrong. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> the answer is Miko Rantanen. Oh. That's it. At God, 20, at, at 20 points. Right. Because I kept seeing – because, yeah, I was like, wow. That's what makes me believe that Colorado's more legit than people think. Well – Because they've, they've got some the, offensive – Yeah, yeah. On the point of Colorado, in second place is McKinnon at 18. They're on the fantasy line. team. Thanks them. Um, okay. So, before I go on to the next question, I'm going to ask you guys um, – what is better? What's the uh, best line in hockey? Is it the Landeskog McKinnon Rantanen line or the Bergeron Marchand Pasternak line? Oh, this has hot take written all over it. This does have hot take written all over it. What do you think? Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna still go with Boston's line. Yes, the best line in hockey. Me too. All right. Well, I think uh, I hate Boston. Um, <laughs> I hate everything about Boston, uh, that team at least. Boston is a city. It's a beautiful city. Um, <laughs> um, but uh, I'm saying Colorado. I think McKinnon is, is unreal. Um, I Honestly, after watching McKinnon in the uh, World Cup of Hockey on Team North America, I love McKinnon. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rantanen actually uh, isn't – he's not leading the league because he's scoring a bunch of goals. He's getting an app. He's just racking up apples, and Landeskog is potting goals um, like nobody's business. Yeah, yeah. Colorado's top line. It, it's up there for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a little early. 
to really because it's you know a little bit of unsustainable scoring for them but yeah i'd be interested to see who ends up on top at the end of the season yeah yeah okay uh third uh second question um there are three players tied for first in goal scoring you guess one of the three chris that is one of the that is one of the three dalton what do you got you got to get someone other than forsberg I'm going to pick Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews is. Do you guys know the last one? Gross. Uh, I, I got no clue. Is it McDavid, maybe? It is, not, it is not McDavid. Chris, mm. do, you, do you think you know who the uh, third, uh, third person is? is well, I'm going to just take a, a wild guess, and I'm going to say, say Landis Cog. It is not Landis Cog, um, but – from the conversation earlier, it is David Pasternak. Oh. oh. Yeah, they are all tied at 10. Man. All right, question, yeah. number, question number three. Who is leading with all the apples? With all the apples. Yeah, who, who has all the apples? Well, I'm going to say it's Rand. Yeah, that is correct. It is Dico Ranzanen. That's a good guess, yeah. Um, That's the answer. Yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Um, and then okay. – Looking at plus minus, Rantanen, Landeskog, and McKinnon all are the top three in plus minus. Rantanen, Landeskog are a plus 14, and McKinnon is a plus 12. <laughs> I hate plus minus as a stat, but that's pretty good. I don't hate plus minus as a stat, so that's still good. Well, I mean, it's just so often that guys will get minuses or pluses like as a result of a change or just being on the ice for a reason, like not even a part of the play and it that. just goes in. And... I, I get that, Dalton, as a short-term statistic. I don't think it's super reliable, but I will tell you, like, I don't score – I mean, Mike will tell you this. I don't score goals. Um, I'm not usually uh, involved in the offense, but the way I judge the, the success of my game is plus-minus when I play every game, how many goals I'm on the ice for – versus how many, um, you know, against. So um, I, I think it does have good measure because over time it is – if you're consistently a plus year after year after year, your teammates change, your play style changes, the ability of your team changes. Um, and if you're still plus, then that says something about the way you play. But, but that being said, the team that you're playing for, like how good your team is, is the biggest contributor to how much you're how plus you are going to be, how minus you're going to be. There the, is exceptions, and I'll give you that. The thing that I so I like plus minus as a stat. The thing that um that my one problem with it is you don't count plus is if you are scored on the power if you score on a power play or if you are scored on the penalty kill. Which makes sense. I mean, I mean, I understand why, but it, it's frustrating, especially because like let's say you win a game, um, three two. And you are on the ice for – you score all three goals on the power play, but then the other team scored two goals against you while you were on the ice. You're now a minus two on the game, but you won the game and were on the ice for all three goals. Yeah. That's just another reason I hate the plus minus this guy. I just – I it has some value, but I think people just use it because it's an easy stat to look at. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we're running a bit long, so we will go to our last and most exciting segment – of the podcast, hot takes. Oh man! <laughs> and as Chris has already pointed out, it is probably an unsustainable. So, if you, the fan, the listener, has another idea for a segment, let us know on tweet at us at uh, Blue Line South or South. Look for us on SoundCloud at South of Blue Line Podcast. Um, 
Hot takes. Dalton, go. I'm just going to do, like, a weekly hot take now. Because I feel like my season ones, I can only make so many of them. Yeah, yeah. All right, my weekly hot take. McDavid will get two hat tricks this week. Wow. One of them tomorrow. Oh, man. You couldn't, you couldn't help yourself, huh? Well, I mean, I haven't made an Oilers hot take in a while, so. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. You think McDavid's going to light up the, uh, the sibs that are the Chicago Blackhawks? Absolutely. He's going to be – he's going to – okay, I'll make it even hotter. He's going to oh. be leading the league in goals by the end of the next podcast. All right. I mean, he's at seven right now. So, if he scores a hat trick – yeah, that yeah, that was so. Since Chris was kicked off, I will go ahead and make my hot take. Um, here's my hot take. It is going to pertain to the Lightning. Ooh. Um, I saw I saw Ryan Reeves crush uh, Victor Hedman, and I think that is going to mess with their minds a little bit. I think Victor Hedman's going to miss um, at least a week. I think, and I and that um, Lightning uh, have a losing record coming out of uh, November. Wow, that is a hot take. Um, okay, maybe not a losing record as in their total record, but in the month oh, of October, in, in, in the month of October, they'll have a losing record. I got you. I so got they'll you. probably come out of it positive just because they've won so many games already. But uh, I'm saying, even if it's one under, I'm saying Tampa Bay Lightning losing record out of November. All right, all right, I like it. I think that's a that's a pretty hot take. Yeah, it's, it's spicy. Um, Chris has yet to come back, but I know he hates the uh, <laughs> the hot the hot take segment. Mm-hmm. I'll make uh, one for him. Uh, oh yeah, here's here's his hot take. Uh, Laurent Brassois is going to get a shutout every game he plays this week. That yeah, wow, Chris, that is a that is a hot take. Yeah, spicy take, Chris. <laughs> um, Dalton, anything else? Anything you'd like to plug here? Oh man, I'm not a big plugger. All right, plug the well, podcast. That's all. All right, I will plug the podcast then. Um, this has been episode three of South of the Blue Line. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, iTunes uh, podcast very soon. Um, really, anywhere you can find podcasts, we will be. Subscribe, listen weekly, send us yeah. messages on Twitter. Also, Follow us on Twitter at Blue Line South. Um, you can follow Dalton on Twitter, but he's never on it. He strictly made a Twitter just for the podcast. What's Twitter? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and if you guys want to support us monetarily with your money, go to anchor.com. Look up, no, .fm. Look up South of the Blue Line podcast, and you can send us money. What? Yes, if you guys are so inclined, you can uh, send us money. We will be using it to pay things like uh, SoundCloud's beer, SoundCloud (laughs) subscriptions, um, maybe better equipment like Mike's if we get that kind of money. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe we'll fly me all the way down there so we could record in the same room. We could do record in the same room. If you guys are super supportive and send us a ton of money, we'll do a live recording in a theater. Oh, I've seen that done before, um, but that'll take a lot of, uh, you know, if any of the uh, casual billionaires that are listening to the podcast want to send us um, just a, a couple grand, just lob some. We are open to all of it. So yeah, Blue I mean, that's Line, a pretty big user base for us. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Blue Line South on Twitter, South of the Blue Line podcast everywhere else. Um, this has been episode three. I am Michael Dalton. I'm Dalton. Yep. 
Chris is the uh, the cranky one that uh, listens to the Jets. <laughs> and we will see you all next week. See you guys. See you, bud.